0: What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their View from the Pew on Modern Day Radio.
1: And welcome to this episode of View from the Pew. I'm your host, Brenda Aiken, and joining me today is the man who'd rather live in hot temperatures than high humidity. The good deacon scott aiken
2: oh my gosh you know i grew up in the south for much of my life from i think about six years old until about 13 and all i remember is sweltering heat in fact our air conditioner would go out in the summertime and i would lay in the bed with, like just with my arms and my body splayed out because it was so rough the heat It wasn't the heat, it was the humidity. So yeah, I I have an aversion to humidity like nobody's business, which is why I love living in the Northwest. If it's gonna be humid, it's gonna be cool. It's gonna be hot, it's gonna be dry. So we just had that experience coming back from our trip didn't We 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 had about the same temperatures, but we had no humidity.
1: So we were on our vacation, which is funny because your work typically takes you to Washington DC as a family the three of us went to Washington, D.C., at least me, you, and our son, Christian. Now, during COVID, his eighth grade trip was canceled. Uh, He wasn't able to attend the way that our three daughters were able to attend. So we always promised we would take him back. So we made good on that promise, finally. So the three of us, along with our good friends, we flew out to Washington, D.C. We took in so many wonderful sights. But for him, it was especially important because he got to see a part of life and a part of life in the military that seemed to be kind of appealing to him. As a mom, I don't know how I feel about that military service is important. And I love that he has that heart, but that mom part of me that wants to just keep all of our kids, uh, you know, tucked in their beds and safe and know where they all are. It was a little weird for me to think of him taking on that kind of a role.
2: Both our families, we have, uh... A legacy of military service, on on both sides, and and it's you know I think for our generation, understandably, we had a real challenge following uh, Vietnam, and so, you know, I never desired to go into the military, but I've certainly, and you've been supportive of this, encouraged him if he wants to go into the military amongst his options to choose from, how to be open to that, and that's a that's a very hard choice I think, especially I see that for. Uh, for a mother and I'm sure every mother has challenges with their son or daughter going in the military. But, but I think, uh, you know, give again, the legacy that we have in the family and the honor that uh, goes with that and his desire to defend the helpless and the needy. It's not just, uh, certainly military that provides that. We have that in vocations of the priesthood. We have it in various other vocations, but it isn't, it isn't, I think a deep, Uh, component of our male aspect of our humanity to be a protector. And I see that in him. So I'm proud of that. I'm so proud of that.
1: While we were in Washington, D.C., we had an opportunity through the help of our friends to attend many different events, especially places and events focused around the Marine Corps. We went to the National Marine Museum. We saw Evening Retreat there at 8th and I in Washington, D.C. Also had a very special tour at quantico and some of the things that happened there at the base one of the things though that did concern me and i'm not quite sure how he was going to take it was in fact the heat these young people were incredible in their uniforms but it was really hot out and everywhere that we went to in washington dc the heat was part of that but it didn't keep us from seeing again really wonderful events The Smithsonian Institutes are fantastic. We were able to see the Native American Museum, the African American Museum, the airspace museum, the Holocaust Museum, even that's our history, all of it. That is our history that we need to know about. Washington, DC is an American pilgrimage of sorts.
2: Yeah, and I think it was very impressionable for him because he is, as we've described, looking at his options and military is one of those. And our good friends who we went with, they're a uh, mil- military Marine family, and they, they wanted to go with us. They were excited to introduce 8th and I and the parade that goes on there at the uh, Marine uh, headquarters there on 8th and I. You know, I think um, just all of the grandeur and then all of the respect and commitment and especially, like you said, when you're out in the heat, oh my gosh, you know, it took, it took everything I could to <laughs> just sit there calmly and not just run because, you know, when I get when I get hot, I kind of get a little bit claustrophobic around people, so I, I need to need to have space. But, uh, but I, I offered it up and I was praying about it, just give me strength to do it, and, uh, you know, that juxtaposed with our visit to the Basilica of the Shrine uh, of the Immaculate Conception, all these are just so beautiful examples of commitment and loyalty and and faith in our humanity and in our God. It was represented on both sides. There was no doubt.
1: Oh, for sure. And talking about all of these things, these commitments and ways that you are trying to raise a man and at 18 years old, well, he is at least in the eyes of the law, exactly that he is a man. In fact, another man who is going to be joining the show today, the wonderful Bear Wozniak. I had an opportunity to talk to him about a new book coming out, 12 Rules for Manliness. Where have all the cowboys gone? It's on pre-order now, but Bear is joining me in just a moment to talk a little bit more about it.
2: And then after that we want to share just a little bit more about our trip and the fact that it gave us such insight to the male and the female responsibilities particularly as mother and father watch our son make his decisions that he's going to be making here in the future so we want to share that with you and recognize the value of God's diversity
1: so stay with us we have a great show ahead for you on this week's view from the pew
0: Family life can be hectic, but God can be found right in the middle of it. So take a moment for this week's View from the Pew.
1: At first glance, you would not think that maybe a surfer and a cowboy would have too much in common. One with a laid-back lifestyle and eyes to the ocean, the other gritty, dusty, and leathery. But according to Bear Wozniak, they both connect to the desire for every man to live the heroic way. In his new book, 12 Rules for Manliness, Where Have All the Cowboys Gone? Bear reveals ways to become an everyday hero and pursue God's call in your life. Bear is back with me today to tell us more about it. Aloha, Bear!
3: Aloha, you know, they say you can lead a horse to water, but you can't you can't make him surf.
1: Oh <laughs> is that the way it goes? Uh now I've seen a horse or two in the movies, Bear. They seem to be pretty good swimmers. So I think uh you would be in good company if you were surfing with a horse. What are some of those traits, Bear, that you find that both surfers and cowboys possess?
3: Well, I think a lot of it has to do with uh a lot of it has to do with the solitude, you know, uh, of, of the, 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 cowboy out on the range and the surfer, even though you're in a crowd of people, when you're out surfing, um, you're pretty much on your own, you know, you're, 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 especially when the surf gets big, there's a saying that says you're always alone in big surf because no one can get to you to help you and, and, uh, uh, there's a lot of soul searching that we do out in the water. The other thing is that it takes a lot of fortitude. Um, people think of surfers as that laid back lifestyle, and it can be that too. But when you're, when you're challenging big surf, um, then it's probably an awful lot like that cowboy. In fact, I had a uh, Catholic cowboy priest, Father Bryce Lundgren, come out here. He re- he wrote a book book for Sophia too, called The Catholic Cowboy Way, and uh, a pretty rugged cowboy out here surfing with me. So I think surfers and uh, surfers and cowboys have a lot in common.
1: Oh, for sure, Bear. Those things, though, that I'm picking up what you're saying, fearlessness, bravery, uh, you know, just going for the adventure of it, both whether you're on the ocean or out on the prairie like a cowboy might be. But those are also those same words that we hear when people talk about the word toxic masculinity. Why is that now? These words that we used to define men and the highest quality of men are now used and turned against them as toxic, as being overbearing, as being anti-woman. Why is that now the way it goes?
3: That's so interesting because I don't use the word masculine anymore because it's been co-opted, just like the word gender has. I just use manliness. I use it for a specific reason. Well, no, there was a time back in the day when there was that, when Satan uh, had his his way of trying to push men to be macho and tough and and to dominate women and in, in ways that aren't right, you know. But <clears throat> but now it's gone the other way. He sissified men, and men are having to apologize for their existence. And I'll tell you, when we go out, and, when I go out and talk, especially with my wife is with me, um, and we speak to, because I speak to a lot of men's conferences, but also a lot of you know, radio station galas and things like that. And as soon as we pull up in the car, we're basically surrounded by women. And they're, and they're I mean, seriously, um, Cindy can tell you, she's just right over here. And they're saying to us, please tell the men to be men again. We need real men. And I think what they mean by that is servant leaders, men who will lay down their life, men who will will the true good for the other by, by through self-donation, uh, kind of putting St. Thomas and John Paul II together, we men, men need to. We we need men who will who will be who will be um, gritty and tough. Who will take on responsibility. You know what, Brenda? When you think about it, just for example, abortion, I, I, I've uh, I would say that most abortions, maybe eighty, ninety percent, would not happen if there was a man, whether it's the father of that child, or an uncle, or the or the or the woman's dad, or someone that would stand up and say, "I will stand by you. I will take on responsibility." In Hawaii, we say kuleana. It's like uh, John Paul II's first writings: love and responsibility. What makes a man is someone, uh, you know, uh, someone is born a boy, but to become a man by taking on responsibility.
1: Mm.
3: That's love. That's love. Taking on your kuleana. The first thing that God did to Adam was say, you know, take care of this garden. And then he created Eve, basically take care of her, you know, and so... We're not talking about toxic masculinity, but we are talking about men being there to protect their families, provide for their families. And and speaking about women, Brenda, one of my chapters is just titled How a Man Treats a Woman Defines Him.
1: I absolutely love that. I love where you're going to when you're talking there, Barry. What I keep hearing in my own head is the roles that God designed us as man and woman. We have our jobs. I brought three daughters and a son into the world. And I can remember saying to my husband, when I'm trying to raise my daughters to be strong ladies, I said, I'm trying to raise ladies here. And he's like, oh, you know, you're doing things in a certain way. Well, opposite that When my husband is raising my son, when he was a little guy, he's 18 years old now. I'd say, oh, you're so hard on him. And he says, I am trying to raise a man here. And I love what you're saying. We do have our roles and we cannot devalue what those are because God doesn't.
3: You know, when you said strong women, you're strong ladies, strong ladies. Um, you know, I went through a real difficult uh, marriage. Eventually, it was annulled. But I was talking when I was going through that process and talking with my parents. My mom said, um, I, "What should what should I do if I'm looking for another woman?" My mom's my my uh, mom said, "Find a strong woman." And I said, "Well, what's a strong woman?" And my dad said, "I don't know if she's got good teeth and she can pull a plow. I don't know." But, <laughs> but my wife is, I call her tough chick. I call her TC for short. She's very powerful, very wise, very feminine. And we flow together just like two birds soaring together. We just, everything in our life, we it's balanced out, and we just flow together. But in my book, 12 Rules for Manliness, where have all the cowboys gone? I quote one of my heroes a lot. I have 105 of his books, Louis L'Amour and his great Western. In his books, all the cowboys were, were virtuous, and the women were strong. Uh, he was one of the first authors that made women out to be something more than, you know, uh, frivolous, you know, uh, I don't know, people. Mm-hmm. He, 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 His women were strong. all often they found themselves in a vulnerable place, and they needed men to come and, and help them. But uh, women, you know, uh, women are showing us how strong they are. And what's happened is a lot of women have— um, have uh have you know praise god for for the the new freedom women have but in that new freedom and in the women taking on more 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 and more responsibility the men have just taken a back seat and like you want to do it go do it you know but they're not they're not and and, you know you think about this think about uh contraception and 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 the terrible destruction that's had on women if a man loves a woman he will not put the kind of pressure on her he will he will um he's he's there to protect her and love is willing the true good for the woman, not making her an object, but making her a subject of love, as John Paul II would say.
1: Absolutely. And for mothers, what I try to still in my daughters is to be able to view themselves with the way that God sees them and the beauty Amen. that they are. And my husband has tried to set the highest bar possible. So that way, every young man that ever came along Yeah, he had a high bar to live up to. Bear Wozniak is joining me today. We're talking about his new book, 12 Rules for Manliness. Where have all those cowboys gone? It's coming out September 19th, so now's the time to pre order.
3: Yeah, you know, this is such a great book for women, too, because as I said, when we go speak and the women surround us, I'll have them ask us questions. Well, should we, should we, um, you know, even this is designed to be written to men. I know, I actually know more women will read this than men. And it's true in our in our work. Our, our focus is on men. The Lord told me when I first started my ministry, really showed me, let the bullseye of our ministry be the heart of a man. But women, uh, because it has to be gritty and real enough for the men to get it. But he said, by doing that, the women will be there to receive the message too. And I'll have women ask me, especially young women, like at Theology on Tap or something. These guys that hang around us and never ask us out on dates or if, or they hang out with us long enough, but they never ask us to marry them. Should I just kind of, give up and just make this acceptable? No. And that's why I say a woman should read this book because this book will help them understand what a real man is. You know, if you're a daughter, you're raised by a man like your husband, you know, that's one thing. But a lot of women haven't been raised in that environment. The other thing about this book is this is designed for women to buy for their sons because a lot of women are, are single moms. Mm-hmm. And, uh, a lot of women actually are man-haters and probably for good reason because they've been betrayed by a man. But this book would help these sons who, are, who don't have good role models to read. And, and I would also say at our website, deepadventure.com, we have Bears Man Cave and the three-year curriculum in the School of Manliness that all the men go through together. And uh, it's got video and audio and written content and assessments and goal setting. And it's also a great place for a woman who has a son without a father to go through that with their son or for fathers to go through this curriculum with their sons, to, to take this book, Twelve Rules for Manliness, also, and just read five pages. It's designed to be read. Read five pages a night and talk about it, or read one page. Every single paragraph is like a bullet. There's, I mean, it's over 200 pages, but every single. I just reread it doing some stuff for PR, and I go, wow, this is a good book. It's like not not a wasted word in there. Every word is something that that a father and a son or a mother and a son or or, or, or women could read and and, and 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 talk about and go deeper.
1: For sure, Bear, iron sharpens iron, and this is a great way to really get the tools in, in your life really up to par by having other men just bring you along in the same way. Bear, when we talked about some of the similarities between surfers, which of course you are very familiar with and those cowboys. And one of them that you talk about in the book is this fearlessness because they have got to be willing to go into battle, whether it be to try to tame that, that surf, that, that big wave, or if it's a, you know, out on the prairie, that cowboy way men, men, Are at a spiritual battle. We know that the devil is looking for every foothold to try to tear down the family. And they've got men have got to be fearless. That's one of the things that you talk about. Men need
3: to be dangerous. That that's that's one of my chapters about is about men. A man needs to be dangerous, and it needs he needs to be willing to be dangerous at three levels. The, The primary level, of course, is are you willing to fight? Are you physically fit enough, first of all, to last more than a minute? If it comes right down to it, are you willing to step into the fray to defend your family? So I'm a, you know, I'm a second degree ninja black belt. I've trained in many different martial arts. I train so that I can do that. But frankly, because I've trained so much, most people don't see me as a victim. I don't carry myself as a victim. I'm, I'm, I'm spatially aware. Secondly, they need to be able to say, I ride for the brand. They need to be dangerous enough to say, this is what I believe, this is what I stand for. And if it means they become a white martyr, in other words, that white martyrdom of not getting the promotion, because they may not fire you, but you may not get that promotion. Are you willing to make a stand? Do people know who you ride for uh, in this woke culture? Then the third thing is, does a man know how to do spiritual warfare? Does he know how to pick up that rosary and pray for his family? Does he know how to bless his family with holy water? Does he pray the blood of Jesus over his children, does he, does he enter into that spiritual battle? Is he the type of man who, when he gets up in the morning, the devil says, oh no, he's up. Does he get up an hour before the rest of the family to have his time with the Lord? A man needs to be able to be dangerous at all of those levels
1: wow bear you're kind of filling me with a little bit of fear that is exactly i think how the devil might feel too if he were to come across a man who was in your line of thinking bear was joining us this morning talking about his new book 12 rules for manliness where have all the cowboys gone well bear this is always a fun ride when you get to join us so i really appreciate your time today
3: brenda we got to talk story more i haven't we uh we used to talk more often we got to catch up with each other and do this more
1: often. I would love that. Thanks so much, Bear, for joining us today. Mamas,
0: don't let your grow up to be Don't your grow up to be I love how Bear
1: focuses on manly rules but included on that in fact at the very top of the list is a man of faith and when we went to washington dc that sunday and even on tuesday because it was the assumption of the blessed virgin mary our faith was foremost in our minds and we were able to take our son to that beautiful basilica at catholic university of america what an incredible day and you sat there with with our son and you've really showed him how a man of faith is meant to be.
2: Yeah, you know, again, I just I just love the fact that he could see certainly men and women who are committing themselves to the armed services, in this case, the Marines. But speaking to him about the men and their role there, and then juxtaposing that when we went to the Basilica and to the Franciscan Monastery to see the men who've committed their lives to service and to protecting the faith and it was just this great uh, again juxtaposition of realities that one is in more physical defense and one is in more spiritual defense but there is a defense tendency and and ability within the the male uh, gender so at the same time the other juxtaposition I, i could see so clearly is the defense of a mother for the heart of a son
1: Scott, I have to be totally honest with you here. There is a big part of my heart that doesn't want him to defend our country in that way. I I want him to be safe and I want to love on him and keep him near me. But I know that I can't do that. He's not mine. He's not, he is his own. He was given to me to raise, but his life is his life. And I've got to be willing to let him do that. And I've got to be willing to let you be the father to raise a young man. We've said this before on the show, how when he was, uh, you know, a little guy and you'd make him get out there and you showed him how to do yard work and do difficult things. And when he was tired, you forced him to get up and finish off what he had started. And I would say, oh, he's just such a little guy. Just, oh, be easy on him. And you'd say, I cannot just be easy on him when there are things that have to be done. That's what men do. You can't be soft when it's time to be tough i am torn for sure
2: i think in today's day and age it's such a challenge for particularly a man to know who he is who a man is in today's society but i think our faith grounds us very well and rightly in the understanding that god made man male and female he made them and how do we as a people of faith wrap our arms around god's creation as men and responsibility of men and i and i f- i filter that if you will through thinking of when joseph came forward and protected the holy family there's times throughout the bible that men have had to step forward and suffer in military battle and the whole old testament really describes mm-hmm. the battle after battle after battle for trying to establish uh, a nation which would become a kingdom. And that nation that David was responsible to form was formed by defense, was formed by people willing to sacrifice their lives for something greater. And so when I think of that with Christian and his interest in the military, I think back when we were there at Eighth and I and the parade going on, his great-grandfather, my grandfather, served in the Battle of Bella Woods in World War One. And I just am so proud to have that connection of this man who served, and he he suffered from that. He was willing to defend our faith, and my dad grew up uh, during World War II with a desire to defend uh, country and faith. Um, so I see my son having that history of of experience and and genetics of of that desire. And I am proud of that, I have to say, even though it for me as well, I'm, I'm one to look for the nonviolent option all the time as a deacon. Sure. And I'm inter- interceding on behalf of so many who would otherwise maybe feel compelled to have a physical reaction to challenges in life. But we have to be able to balance those both always through, always through our perspective of faith. And what does God want me to do? So God does not want to keep us out of the military. God does not want us to go to war either. But there is a a right moment and a right responsibility. And I see that mulling over in our son's mind as he's making those decisions that he needs to make as a young adult at 18.
1: Oh, for sure. And he is entering into his senior year of high school. So a year is a long time in the life of an 18 year old. And as you just said, and for me, this is what this year will be spent, praying for his vocation. As we prayed pray for all of our children, their vocation, and if part of that leads him to the military service, I know to hand that to the Lord. That 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 is all I can do. And worrying about it and having anxiety about it, it will not change an outcome that God already knows. And so, I hope in all of this that He remains faithful, that He remains safe, but that He also has an amazing time doing whatever he chooses to do. Scott, before we go, will you end us in prayer?
2: Lord, we give all of our decisions over to you this week. We trust in who you have created us to be, male and female, that we may rest in that certainty that you did not create us as a chance, but as a certainty. And we're blessed by having that and help us to live into that blessing each and every day. We ask this in your son's holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: And that is going to wrap it up for us this week. Please tune in next week as we share with you more stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew.
0: God bless. Have a great week. You've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. For more information on the Akins and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at materdayradio.com pew. View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Modern Radio in Portland, Oregon.